This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Virginia only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 532 3500. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. While the debate rages on over what happened at Tottenham Liverpool last week, the great and good of soccer punditry still can't seem to agree. The best course of action for us betters used to bad beats. There is no need to delay the restart. This is Betting Weekly Premier League show. You're with myself, Dan Robert, while Nigel Seeley and Jack Wright are with me. Not to pour over VAR recordings, but to point you in the right direction when it comes to the best bets across week eight of the English Premier League. Nigel, the VAR debate rages on, but I'm, I've got to be honest here, really honest. I'm not interested at all. And I think as betters, we get desensitised to having bad beats and we move on quickly it's something you've got to be able to do to control your emotion when you're betting on a pretty much daily basis as far as I'm concerned you can't let things linger for me it was done and dusted it's a mistake move on thoughts oh 100% I mean your life goes on the debate decision I mean betters ups and downs you know you judge it at the end of the year don't you end of the season you have some good things go for you some bad beats go for you at the end of the season it leveled itself out of a period of time I mean, if you, I bet under two and a half goals in that match. So, like, you know, hope, you know, 96 minute own goal. I mean, I'm not going to, you know, there's people who go on, uh, on social media and start swearing and cursing and going crazy and asking for refunds and stuff like that. But if you're going to behave like that, you, got, you, you shouldn't be betting really to be. So, uh, I mean, it goes on. You just got to deal with it. If, uh, if you, uh, if you have got a problem with it, you're obviously betting too much and probably can't afford to, to gamble. So, to have a look at it yourself. But, uh, for me, I mean, there's, there's, there's bad decisions every week. And it's not VAR, it's the, it's the officials that are doing it. I mean, the problem isn't with the technology, it's the people who are using the technology. So it is one of those things. And it was it was going to happen, wasn't it? It was it, it was inevitable this this kind of thing would happen with what was going on. But uh, let's look on, let's look on. And replays and calling for that would we'll be calling for them every single week. The season would never end. So uh, not for me, get on with it. I'm quite for actually on reflection because my profit and loss would go through the roof if I could replay all my losing bets. <laughs> Jack, the serious point is here. It's a discipline that betters have to have. You've got to move on. You've got to wipe your mouth and move on. You've got to think, well, what's the next bet? And I can't let the previous bet affect what I'm just about to do. 100%. Yeah, I think uh, keeping the discipline, taking the emotion out of it is probably one of the first things that I, I learned when, when you know, years ago when... Uh, started to to bet regularly and and successfully, and uh, that's that was a key learning, really. As I say, you, you twist yourself in knots. You then start um, clouding your judgment. You're betting with a bit of anger. You you won't go back to that. You won't go won't do this, and it becomes a complete mess. So no, absolutely keep a clear head. I won't say that everything evens itself out, but you you get bad beats. You get a lucky break. You know, obviously, I had over two. Um, I had two Tottenham goals in that, so I got a fortunate break at the end. As, as Nigel suffered a, a, a unlucky beat, so it's uh, you know it's all it's all balanced. You say we've seen it over the course of the season already, where you go, oh that was unlucky, oh that was a bit lucky, and you tend to hear about the people moaning about it being unlucky rather than going, oh I got a bit a bit fortunate with that one. But as I say, it's what it is. All part of the game. Crack on. Say so keep a clear head. Don't get too high. Don't get too low, and um, you'll be all right. You've only got to look at this show, though, Dan, haven't you? I mean, we had, we had a 96-minute winning goal go for us in Nottingham Forest a couple of weeks ago, a double play. We had a, a goal there in the 96th minute, which went against me and Forjack 
it does level itself out every season. It, it really does. If you look at all your bad beats, and there's tennis, for example, I do a lot of tennis matches. The amount of times I've had tennis players who are serving for the match and haven't, haven't seen it through. But then you forget about the ones that win 6-2, 6-4. Always. So you forget about them ones, but you always remember those ones that go for you and go against you. Like, it's at the end of the day, it's a profit business and what your balance sheet at the end of the season, what's in your bank balance and what your P&L shows at the end of the season is all that counts. And the show so far this season, thanks to Nigel and to Jack, is running at 15.63 return on investment. We've had our bad beats, but we've had our very, very good selections. Plenty to get through over the course of the Premier League weekend. We're going to kick off Saturday, 7.30 Eastern. Luton against Tottenham here. Luton, a big price at plus 6.50. Tottenham short, minus 2.35 here. The goal line is over and under three and a half goals. Uh, Luton beat Everton. Uh, last week, Jack, to scupper a number of our bets. And I suspect that a lot of bettors over the course of the weekend were cursing Everton not being able to get over the line against what I consider the, the, the worst team um, in the Premier League. I thought that they're a bit unlucky. You've gone a little bit off the menu, as you can do here with your selection. Talk us through your play for Luton Tottenham. Yeah, how to get Tottenham on side in this one. I think you ask 100 people, 99 of them would say that they're fancying a Tottenham win in this one. But you're right, you know, it's not easy to get them on side with a minus 235. Uh, and and it was a, sorry, a huge win for Luton last week. Uh, first win, everyone was talking about, you know, record low totals, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it was big to get that on the board out of the relegation zone. Um, it's tight at the bottom and that, that's the sort of thing that can happen. So, you know, what I would suggest for them is the fixture list has not been kind in any way, shape or form for them. No chance to kind of use that momentum and, and ride the crest of a wave going into this big game this weekend. And um, we talked about the benefit of Spurs not having any European football this season. Um, that's a big one. The fact that they can rest the players that got knocks like Son, like Madison. Um, and they also got knocked out of the Carabao Cup. So it is literally a case of play the Premier League, rest, recuperate, prep, train and go again the following weekend. Same with Luton, generally speaking, obviously not in Europe and also at the Carabao Cup. However, the fixture list, given the postponement of that earlier game, Burnley on a Tuesday, straight after that Everton win and brought back down to earth with a big bump um, going into this say, game against Tottenham. I think for me, they expended a lot of effort and energy into that, that Burnley game. You're right in the fact that they were a little bit un unfortunate in it conceded a, a late goal in the first half, but then battered Burnley in the second half as they attempted to get an equaliser. Took them all the way until the 86th minute to do so. Thought they'd probably salvage a point. You can see the scenes on the in the crowd and also the manager going mad at the fact that they looked like they'd got a really important point against a relegation rival. Only for 64 seconds later to concede one and then pick it out the back of the net again. So, it was important for me. I heard Rob Edwards said after the game, said that he was disappointed, obviously would do, but saying that his players were um, phys uh, emotionally drained by it, flat and uh, hurt by the result. You don't really want to be hearing that as, as far as a, a Luton supporter is concerned. So um, they've got to go again here and they've got to go in on, again on a Saturday. And also it's the early kickoff, as you said. So effectively as, as little prep time as you possibly can get. Spurs, of course, they had that big win themselves last weekend as well. I don't know if anyone heard about it. I think they, they won a fairly, <laughs> fairly casual game against Liverpool 2-1. Um, and kept that unbeaten run going under Postacoglu in the league. Superb start. We've talked about it a lot. Scored two goals in every single game in the Premier League. Uh, in fact, exactly two apart from one where they beat the same Burnley side 5-2 at Burnley. So a good comparison there. 
He's expected to do the same. Bet Rivers have got um, Spurs at minus 240 to score two or more goals again in this one. Um, they're plus 135 to score three or more goals as well. So we know what kind of scoreline we're expecting. And as a result of that, you've got to expect Son to be on the score sheet. And that's the selection for me at minus 105. I was hoping to get plus money, but minus 105 I'll take. Um, and uh, he's been superb. Obviously, um, been moved central. The first game he had central was in that Burnley game, scored a hat-trick in that one. He's now played four games in a, in a more central role for Spurs, and um, he scored in three of those four. He's had 15 shots, nine on target, scored six goals in total, um, and the thing that really caught my eye this week is when I looked into it that he's um, been assisted by four different players for those six goals, so he's connecting well with all different parts of the team. And Postacoglu went with a like, front four with Richarlison on the left, Madison in that 10 role, and um, Kulisewski on the right. The fullbacks have been exceptional as well, creating lots of chances. And Sun's been a part of that, creating the space, but then being between the posts, we take advantage of it. So superb stuff, given they had to solve the conundrum of how they're going to cope with that Harry Kane. And Son has been the man to step up for that. So taking him to get on the score sheet again. So Son to score, a shade minus money, minus 105. Um... Nigel, just a quick word on Son from you, because as, as Jack point, points out here, he's a central striker now. He's the main man now. Harry Kane's gone. And a lot of betters are looking to get to him every single week, and he's delivering. And he's the skipper. So he's got a huge amount of confidence. He's going to be get the managers giving him an amount of trust. I mean, and also, I mean, we, we it sounds, sounds crazy to say this, but uh, Haaland hasn't had a great run in the last three or four games, has he? I mean, a lot of three matches, I suppose. It's a bit of a blip for him. He's not scoring regularly, despite scoring eight goals already in the Premier League. We're saying he's a blip. A lot of people are taking him out of their fantasy team this week. I've taken him out already. So he's going to, you know, what he's going to do this week. He's going to put Atrick in. But, uh, you know, yeah, he's, he's definitely a contender for the top goal score, the way that uh, that uh, Tottenham have been scoring goals. But just one thing before we go on to my pick here, um, you mentioned there we've got a 15% uh, return of investment. I mean, really, it's due to, to Jack in recent weeks. I mean, three clean sweeps in the last four weeks. For, for tremendous tip in there. Really been keeping the, uh, the, the ship alive, whereas I, I think I would have sort of sunk it on them underwaters. But uh, yeah, uh, he's done really well to yeah, Jack in the last few weeks. So uh, it's really mainly made to do with the Jack rather than myself here, but uh, good run as well. But I think Son, yeah, I like that play. You've got to expect them to score goals and Son, if they do score, Son and Madison are going to be right up there. in the uh, uh, Yeah, Son is plus 1,200 to be top um, goal scoring in the Premier League, Erling Haaland at minus 500 You get each moment. way the first three, that's a good yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll get You'll get each way uh, somewhere, certainly that type of price, double figure odds in the UK. Um, Burnley, Chelsea for you, Nigel, to focus on first and foremost. I mean, Jack mentioned it as well. I thought that, you know, Burnley might have been a little fortunate against Luton. I looked at various different expected goals metrics and from a few different firms, they all had um, uh, Luton having more expected goals than Burnley here. They take on a Chelsea side. I'm still not convinced about, even though they got two in two minutes. I mean, if, if, I know you'll play here and you can explain it in a second. But when Chelsea scored two in two minutes midway through the first half, you think surely they've got to go over. But they didn't, Nigel. Yeah, I think... Um... Chelsea are that sort of a side that everyone expected to lift up the table. You know, they, they think they're going to be in the top eight, I suppose, in the Premier League. But are, are, is this team that good enough to be a top eight side? I mean, if you look at them individually, are they are they a top eight side? I, I'm, I'm not sure if they are, you know. Um, we know they've got, they've got problems scoring goals. Jackson returns from suspension this weekend, so he'll be in the side. But he's 
he's literally hit or miss. And at the moment, he's more missed than hit. Uh, Sterling is on the bench. Obviously, he's he's not getting into the side. So really, when you look around it, you think, where are the goals? They've also got a lot of players injured. I mean, there's a huge amount of players injured. And they've also got injuries to the two goal scorers who scored in midweek. They've got uh, thigh injuries for um, Mudrik and uh, the other guy. What's his, I can't remember his name. Bro- but, Breyer. Yeah, he's got he's an injury doubt as well. So... There is some kind of, uh, you know, we don't really know the personnel that Chelsea are going to play. And I just think that Chelsea just go through the motions now thinking, right, okay, Pochettino's just like, let's just get the win and like move on, you know, until they get that squad back, until they get everyone back from finish. We don't know how good this Chelsea team are. So I think they'll just be happy with picking up any win, 1-0, 2-0, whatever. If you look at Chelsea's last few matches, their last five matches all have cashed on the two and a half goals. Both teams have scored has been a no in all those matches. The problem isn't for Chelsea defensively. Defensively, I think they're all right. I mean, they look good. They look, look solid at back at the back again. Uh, Thiago Silva is obviously back in the team and looking good again. So they look a solid unit defensively. It's attacking. That's where they're really letting them down their their analytics and their metrics on their goal scoring ability. So I don't think they're going to. Burnley won't cause them too many problems. And you just said the XG on Burnley last week against Luton, the poorest team in the in the Premier League. We all believe to be one of two of the poorest teams in the Premier League was really, really poor. And they're quite fortunate to get the get the win there. So I think from Chelsea, it was this question of just like Chelsea. I think Chelsea would probably win this one or two nil. That's a similar kind of performance as what we saw uh, against Fulham. If you look at Burnley this season, though, I mean, at home, they could have had a tough run. Man City, Villa, Tottenham, Man United. I mean, that, that, and now the Chelsea, that's their first five games at home. They've obviously lost all four of those matches there. The closest one being a 1-0 defeat against Manchester United. And on the road for Chelsea in their last two matches, 2-0 defeat, a 2-0 win at Fulham and a 0-0 draw at Bournemouth. So you can see that Fulham and Bournemouth are probably slightly higher on the ratings of Burnley, but not that far. And both of them cashed unders and both of them, Chelsea kept them to a clean sheet. So they, they, they made a shutout. Uh, I would be quite interested in both teams to score no here. I think if I was looking for a correct score, which we do the correct scores on the Instagram account, probably a 1-0 Chelsea win here. But I think at plus money, which is plus 110, I just think under two and a half goals is is the value. Now, people might look at me and think, here he goes again, on his under two and a half goals, on his... But it's all about the price. I mean, I wouldn't bet under two and a half goals here at minus 125. And I've and admittedly, I've done my conquers, like betting on the unders this season. And last night in the Champions League, I bet four unders. Two of them, were, and one of them was the, the Lazio game where the goal was yeah. in the 96th minute. Now, are you telling me that's a bad bet or, or I've been a bit unlucky? I think it's, I've been a little bit unlucky on some of these. A lot of late goals. We know the injury times here, but the way that Chelsea are playing at the moment, until they get all those stars back... I think they just want to get three points and just climb up that table gradually. Pochettino isn't sort of a a massive go-getter in terms of the way he plays. He's very cautious in his approach. He's very strong defensively. All these sides are set out very tactically and very good defensively, very strong to break down, uh, very hard to break down. And I just think here, Chelsea nick it 1-0, 2-0, and I'm going to go for under 2.5 at the price of plus 110. I think plus 110 is a little bit too big. Yeah, fair Price really good uh, bet. I think it's uh, certainly one of my bets for the weekend. Oh, very, very. Oh, that's what you said last week. This is yeah, the only I know. Bet you said Everton... I said it was my best bet. Everton. Everton. Listen, I backed him. I backed him. I backed him. Please, I'm covering this game, and I'm, I'm going to play on this uh, very, very quickly. If I said to you, you've got ten dollars, which team finishes higher in the Premier League, Manchester United or Chelsea, Jack? Oh, that's a difficult one. Nigel Chelsea Jack Man United 
Interesting. Uh, let's move on to Fulham versus Sheffield United here. Fulham minus 165, Sheffield United plus 480. Jack, you were right with the unders. Fulham, Chelsea last week, both teams. Mm-hmm. If you back them in every single game this season for unders, you're making a profit. Only a small one for Fulham. But you're going in again here on the under two and a half goals. Yeah, I saw nothing from Fulham on Monday night to convince me that I need to change my train of thought on them. Um, I, I just asked myself, where's the creativity coming from? And... I had to have a long think about where that was coming from. From what I saw, I watched the game Monday night. Willian probably was the most lively around the box, looking to thread balls through. He's 35 now. He, we know he's, he's been a great player in the Premier League, but he's coming to the end of that career now. And obviously he was looking to go to Saudi. Wouldn't be surprised to see him go over there in like maybe January window. Um, so that that side of it is poor for them. So the under two and a half goals play here for me is, a, is big. It's minus 108. Uh, for these two sides. Um, I like the midfield of Fulham, but it's an industrious midfield. It's not that sort of midfield that's going to like blind you with, with beautiful, dazzling football. Um, Pelini is a great player, covers the ground well, good in the tackle, loves to play those diagonal balls. And they've got two fullbacks that love to bomb on and get deep onto the pitch and get crosses into the box. And of course, over the last two or three seasons, who have they had in the middle? Mitrovic, arms out, strong, aggressive, header, scoring goals, making making goals, from, from kind of half chances. They're doing the same thing now. And I feel really bad to say this about Jimenez because of where he's come from. But, you know, it's obviously a pale imitation to have Jimenez as a, as a replacement for Mitrovic. You know, that injury that he suffered three years ago, you know, it, it was not nearly a, a career-ending injury. It was nearly a life-ending injury, wasn't it? It was horrific. So absolutely incredible fair play from the fact that he's made it back and playing at this level, playing international football as well, but is just a, a, a shadow of that player. And understandably so, that, you know, for someone that was good aerially and was, again, a similar kind of type of an aggressive player, he hasn't quite got that edge anymore and, and, and has, has completely struggled. That's highlighted by the fact that he scored six Premier League goals in his last 56 games. It's, say, it's understandable, but it doesn't help Fulham as far as they've got him as their focal point to try and score goals. He came off. Vinicius came on, same scenario. Balls were coming into the box, and I saw him. He's getting on the end of them, but it looked like he had a, had a pillow wrapped around his head. That was just like a, a cushioned header. It was just soft, and it was there was no no threat to it at all. And so you'd imagine Mitrovic there. He probably would have scored one one or two of those um, in midweek, and that's how it's been over the course of the season. Um, their their XG battles have, have been been terrible. They've only won one of those. That came against um, Crystal Palace when they managed the mighty. Um, 0.6 XG against 0.3. That was a memorable nil-nil draw. Um, and Sheffield United, obviously the opponents here, have lost all their XG battles and only managed to get one or more in, in two games. That was Everton and West Ham. These two sides sit in the bottom four for XG and we can talk about the benefits of it. But for me, it's a good metric as far as to saying, are you creating chances? If you are, have you got the players to finish them off? They're not creating chances and they haven't got the players to finish them off. So um, 7.54 for um, Fulham, 5.91, the worst in the league for uh, Sheffield United. And these two sides share the lowest amount of shots taken so far this season. 66 for both of them is the joint lowest in the league. And um, as a result, they've only scored five goals each, which is the joint lowest in the league. So yes, they've conceded a few, but when you've got two sides that can't score goals going against each other, then that, for me, is an unders bet. It doesn't matter what their defence has been like. We've seen it. Great stats from Nigel last week as far as the bounce back after that 8-0. 
I think they're still suffering from that and they're still conscious of that and want to make sure they'll keep it tight, Sheffield United. They do like to defend by forcing crosses into the box and heading them clear, a championship-style defence, and they'll get that against Fulham. So I think that plays into their hands. And up front, again, they've not got much. They've got Archer, who's a, a promising talent, but unproven at this level. And they've got McBurney, who works hard, but he's not a goal scorer. Um, one point from seven games highlights that. But um, as I outlined previously, that Newcastle game was the only blowout and everything else has been quite tight and competitive. They'll take a point here for me. They'll try and nick three, but I think they want to get a foothold. I've seen both Luton and Burnley obviously get three points this week. They're main rivals down the bottom there, but they need to get a foothold. They need to find a way of getting a point, especially in these away games. Tight, defensive, compact. They'll sign for a nil-nil now, in my opinion. And that's why under two and a half is the play for me at minus 108. Under two and a half for Jack. I mean, I was going to say, Nigel, my only concern with the bet is that, you know, do both teams target a win here? Do they think this is a winnable game and they might be a bit more ambitious? Uh, they they probably will do, but have they got the, the personnel to be that ambitious? I'm not sure they are. I think Sheffield United games at the moment, you know, they, you know then they're not going to score anything. It's just whether they, how many they're going to concede. I mean, they've got nothing in attack. I think Luton have got a better attack than, than Sheffield United. Very, very weak going forward. Uh, it's just a question of whether they can hold out for nil-nil, I believe. I mean, I, I, anything with under in, I love. Uh, Man United versus Brentford uh, next up we've got a pick from Jack but United here Nigel are, are minus 155 every single week when they play at Old Trafford they're, they're short prize favourites they were minus 230 I think in midweek against Galatasaray they were beaten you, you can't back Manchester United at minus money at the moment can you? You can't but you can't really back Brentford either I mean if, if they were playing another team I would think there's potentially as a chance, but the way Brentford are playing at the moment, I wouldn't I wouldn't be betting them either. But uh, Manchester United, just you, you know, you should know more than me. You you you're more connected with Manchester than I am. But uh, I I wouldn't bet them at minus one fifty five. But I think Brentford as well. I can I couldn't bet Brentford either. Discipline an issue we've seen Jack over the course of a number of games this season. Casemiro is an absolute red card magnet. I mean, he's going to be suspended for the next Champions League game, but he's going to play here. And your bet is based on the cards here. Talk us through your play for Man United Brentford. Yeah, simply over four and a half cards in this one at plus one one seven. So plus money on on this looked too big for me. Um, I kind of I, I base this on the fact that the game state two sides are desperate to get a positive result. Man United would definitely be looking for a target and a win in this one. They need to. Um, and Brentford, as Nigel said, in, in bad form themselves. So they need to get, again, another side. They need to get a foothold in the league because they're, they're slipping closer and closer to that um, that relegation zone. Um, and we've got a great referee as far as cards are concerned in this one. So this one ticked all the boxes and um, I was happy to put it into my selection. So, um, you know, United generally, I have an interest in their games because, as you say, their, their discipline is pretty poor. Um, and I just feel that they need a reaction here. They're, they're on, on the verge of some some... Terrible records. There's three that caught my eye. They've lost six of the first 10 for the first time since 1986-87. Who was the manager that season? Um, Big Ron. Fer Fergie. Big Ron. And then Big Fergie, Ron. yeah. So um, uh, Big Ron was dismissed as a result of that run. Um, and it's interesting to note that Ten Hag's now been trimmed into plus 450 to be the next manager sacked behind Hickenbottom. So a bad result here. <sighs> Danger, danger signs. But um, second stat is that this could be the first time they've lost three games in the top flight at home since 1979. Getting closer to be able to say before we were all born. On the trot, you mean? On, on, in, in succession? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Dave, Sext Dave Sexton. Possibly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, you can have that one. Um, 
And they've also conceded 18 goals from their first 10 games, which just is the randomly most shouting out Manchester United. I thought, I thought it was another managerial question. I lost no. the first one. I wanted to get a chance to equalise. Louis van Gaal. Which is over. Could be anyone. 1966-67 was the, the last time they conceded so, Matt- more than that from their first one. So, could be. You're right. Team, War Guinness. What's a War Guinness? Half War- oh, Guinness, was- brother. <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyway, we'll go on. Midweek, you're right. Galatasaray, absolutely shocking performance. Um, could it get any worse? They led twice. They conceded three goals. They gave a penalty away. They had a man sent off. It was the poster campaign for an absolute shambolic home performance. And it's been a bit of a theme, hasn't it? You know, we saw them lose to Brighton. That was the first in 31 and thought, well, expected, but a blip. But Palace and now Galatasaray beat them as well. So um, cards is what we want. In this one, as I said, so I think Brentford come here in bad form, one win in seven, and um, they love taking on the the bigger size, don't they? We saw them in their first Premier League game when they came up, beating Arsenal by being a bit of a bully inside. They also battered Man United 4 0 a couple of weeks after that and did the double over City last week. So they've got the potential there. They are missing Tony, but they are an aggressive side. They also like to plan transitions, and that all leads to cards. So a few stats, basically, on, on the cards here. Um, Man United's four home games so far this season have seen 24 yellow cards. They've contributed 11 of those as well, so virtually half. Um, 12 is the highest amount of cards picked up by a home side so far this season, so it shows you what that's about. Um, so an average of exactly six this season, over four and a half, which is what we need for this bet, has landed in three of those four games. Brentford away games have even higher average, 21 cards in three games, so an average of exactly seven. And they've also two of those three games have seen the home team pick up a red card. So that's one to keep an eye on as well. As you say, plenty of Man United players that could fill into that criteria. Six, seven and eight cards in those three away games as well. So cross the line that we need in all three of those. There was five in this one last year as well. Um, and United picked up four in that defeat at Brentford last season too. So Andy Madley is the referee um, and he's the guy that we pinpointed last week in that Brighton game. Um, he did the business for us then. He, picked, he showed eight yellow cards last weekend. He's now shown 33 yellow cards and one red card in his five Premier League games this season. That's the joint most of any referee in the Premier League. Only Anthony Taylor can match that, but he's had one game more. Um, and there's only one referee with a higher average than his 6.67, and that's Darren England. And I think he's had enough attention this week, so we'll move on from that. Um, as far as Madley's concerned, this season in the Premier League, three cards, five, eight, eight, and 12 is what he's shown. So over four and a half at plus money. Looks a solid play, given all those contexts. Uh, those are the stats. And uh, that is the bet of the United-Brentford game over four and a half cards uh, plus uh, 116, 117, something like that. Uh, Palace Forest uh, for Nigel uh, next. This is 12.30 Eastern. Uh, Palace plus 115. Favourites to beat Forest here off the back of that really good win at United, Nigel. Bit of recency bias for you in this pick or not? Yeah, I, no, no, not at all. I... Um... I look at Palace as obviously a side that I always like to get with at home. Um, I think not this, not last season, the season before they were exceptional at home. Last season, they dropped it a little bit. So they're always a good side at home. They usually you, usually beat the teams in or around them and struggle against the teams at the top end of the table. They usually get beat by the Arsenal and Manchester City's, cities of this world, but they beat the teams that they're supposed to beat. Um, I looked at this fixture last year. So Palace against Nottingham Forest last year. I would... T- Palace... To win this match last year, well, well, minus 150, and they were minus 162 with one bookmaker. 
And that was the last match of the season. It was a 1-1 draw. But that's if you look at it, it's eight matches ago in terms of, like, no, it's, not really, it's months ago, it's mm. end of maybe it's eight matches in terms of, and now they're plus 116. I don't believe that Palace have gone backwards enough to go from minus 150 to plus 116. I certainly don't think Nottingham Forest warrant the support that they have done here. Forest at home, I've bet the last two weeks, uh, draw no bet on one, and I've lost, uh, I've got a push and a lost on one of them. And they haven't been doing it at home. And that is a concern for me because they were so strong at home. Their away form, as we know last season, was absolutely diabolical. They only won once in 19 matches. They conceded 44 goals, which is the highest of any other team in the Premier League. And they only scored 11, which was the lowest of the Premier League. So the worst defence and, the, and the, the cheapest attack. Only one win. Now they go to Palace, plus 116. This season, they haven't really done that much either. You know, one win, one draw, one. They beat Chelsea away. But Palace are okay. They lost against Arsenal, but they've beaten Wolves. They drew with Fulham. Um, Nottingham Forest are probably in that kind of pack with those two sides, probably a similar kind of level to those. And um, I just I just think it's a value play at plus 116. I, I would probably make Palace around about even money, um, potentially a slight minus money here. But the comparison of minus 162 last season to plus 116 this season is too big for me not to play. Um yeah, I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Palace here, uh, just just purely and simply from from the price. Just just looking at the research, looking at where the two teams are, I don't think as much really has changed between the two of them. Forest have probably slightly gone up. Palace have probably slightly gone down on my ratings, but there is a big difference in the price minus one sixty two to plus one sixty. Uh, listen, listen, Nigel, and you'll know this more than me, but you have to trust the market more than you trust the results. And as you just pointed out there. You're only talking back end of last season. Have Palace regressed that much? Have Nottingham yeah. Forest got that better? And and one thing that that better should always do is you look at the band of teams, you look at the prices, you see what they were last time, and you try and work out, you know, why it's different. And if it is different, and if you've got a plus money play like this, then it's value. This is nothing to do with the United game last week, as you mentioned. It's more to do with the fact what Palace can do in similar games and why the prices are the. Uh, the are other different. thing about Palace, though, I mean, the other reason why I wouldn't really take too much about Palace on the on the Manchester United game is Palace historically are a much better side on the road. They've beaten Manchester City twice in the Premier League at big, big prices. That if you if you bet one team in the Premier League over the last three seasons on the road, Palace would make you more money than any, any other team because they've had those big wins. Uh, but they are decent at home. It's just a price that I just think is is just just the wrong odds compared to what it was this time or, or, or a month ago or two months yeah, ago. Yeah, back end. Few months ago, back in the last season. So, yeah, I, I'm going to go for Palace here at plus 116. Uh, Brighton and Liverpool both involved in European action. They take each other on 9am Sunday. Nigel's got to play in this one. Liverpool are favourites, plus 120. Brighton, the darlings of... Of a lot of uh, of betters and and football fans and neutral fans, where they've slipped recently, and you know, Nigel, that Liverpool are going to come out all guns firing for this one, given what happened in the Premier League last time out. I, I wouldn't I won't back Liverpool at, at plus one twenty, but I can see why the favourites. Give us your thoughts on this game and your pick. Well, this is totally swimming against the tide. This is like <laughs> sometimes what I like to do is I well I like to do this more than often is go against every public perception. I can imagine you going to every single YouTube channel, every single betting show on on about the Premier League this season, and there'd be a random guy churning off stats about Brighton against Liverpool and betting over three and a half and over four and a half and all this stuff. But the guy's never bet more than a tenner in his life, and I think that's a big big factor here. I I think he 
this could be the classic under two and a half, uh, under three and a half goal market because the line has just gone crazy. It's gone up to three and a half goals, which is the stable market with the volume. The un- over two and a half is like minus three dollars or minus two seven five. Now, you can bet over three. Do- you can have bet over two and a half goals, and you you know if you, you you might win. You might say I'm talking rubbish, but if you're betting over two and a half goals in Premier League games this season at minus three dollars, you you won't make money in the future. This is about trying to teach people how to bet properly and to be able to look at lines and think this wrong. Now, there's a reason why I like this. Is three and a half is a big number. Two and a half, you know, there's a lot of games that come in. Three and a half is a big, big number. If we look at Liverpool this season, six of their seven matches have all cashed over two and a half, which obviously three cashes for you. But on the three and a half line, only three. You would have lost money by betting Liverpool over three and a half. Only three of those seven cashes. That brings it up. Go to Brighton, completely opposite. All seven of their matches this season in the Premier League have cashed on over three and a half goals. But I go back to my point I made last week. When you have the big defeat, you have that big defeat, you work all week on defence. Now, Brighton will be embarrassed by that performance against Aston Villa. They'll be absolutely embarrassed. They would have worked on their defence. They would have probably come in with a tactically... Di- they will know Liverpool will throw everything at them. They might have a different tactic this time around. If they go toe-to-toe with Liverpool, as we saw against Aston Villa, they're going to get ripped to shreds. So they've got to have to look, think about it differently. The other thing for this match as well, is that Brighton is travelling back from European football on Thursday. They're playing tonight in Marseille. And that's a huge, huge match for them. I don't know, we don't know the outcome of that match, but we've seen so many times where teams come back from European football, they have a little bit of a lull. Liverpool are obviously at home. They're going to feel out a completely different side as well. They met three times last season. Every single one would have cashed on over two and a half goals. Everyone. But only one would have cashed three and a half. It's 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 that line. It's that three and a half line. I think the I think the line here is three with with the push. But I think to get the three and a half and get minus one fourteen on the under, I could be completely wrong. We could sit here next week and it could be four three and I could be look like a four. But I'm telling you now, if I'm betting under three and a half goals at minus one fourteen, pretty much every week in the Premier League, I'd be happy man for the rest of the season. So this is. You got to remember as well. These are two sides that were coming into a, after real painful things that happened to them last week. The VAR decision at Liverpool—that's going to make them sort of be determined and, and, and come out here. So, but you don't know how it's, how it's going to affect it. And obviously, Magic and Brighton having that huge, embarrassing six-one defeat. And I rattled off all the stats after them big defeats last week. Seventeen out of twenty of the highest ever losses in the Premier League have cashed unders. And now we've got a match here that every stat. And everyone in the world will tell you about over three and a half and it will be over three and a half. Both teams will score. But you're taking the most ridiculous lines you've seen this season. Minus three dollars over two and a half. Both teams will score. So I mean, like minus, it's three to one on. I mean, it, it's just no value. So again, from the, from, the, from, the, from the price perspective, three and a half is such a big number compared to two and a half. And to get minus 114, I'm going under three and a half. Uh, under three on the Asian line is plus 150, a push, of course, if there are three goals in the game. So you can play it different ways uh, if you want to. Um, let's get some best bets from you. We've had three selections apiece. Jack, what's your best bet of the three uh, this weekend? Cards. Cards at United over four and a half. United, Brentford, Nigel. I'm going to go for um, Crystal Palace to beat Nottingham Forest at plus 116, purely and simply because of the difference between the price of minus 162 when they met at the end of last season compared to plus 116 today. Big game of the weekend, big betting game of the weekend. Uh, we've swerved. It is, of course, Arsenal versus Manchester City. Uh, the Emirates, Nigel, Arsenal are plus 195, City plus 145, draw plus 235. If you had a free $10 play, where would it go? 
Uh, I well, I would probably bet both teams would score yes if I was, but again, it's going to be very low. Uh, but I think, unlike some of the matches I spoke about, this match could potentially have goals. The other thing is, I think both matches come in, both teams come in with really big injury concerns. Uh, Saka obviously is a huge miss for them. Rodri suspended as well for Manchester City. So I would probably keep my money very close to my chest or in my pocket until I found out what the team lines was. I would leave my bet here. And that's one of the reasons why I didn't play this match because however big a match it is, I think there's going to be some really, really key team news here which will determine the lines and where the market's going to go. Minus 155, both teams to score. Yes, is short, but that could change. I mean, if Saka doesn't play such a... Such a fantastic player for Arsenal. We're not 100% certain with the injury that he's picked up. Jack, if you had a free $10 play in the big game this weekend? Yeah, I'd probably want to go on something a little bit higher than than what I um, would suggest. I, I fancy a draw in this one, to be honest. I think it's going to be one that neither side really want to lose to, to you know, we'll take the draw and move on with those injury concerns. So I'd probably go with a correct score. Um, let's go with 2-2. Two, 2-2. Two. Two, two. There's been a few 2-2s, two, I think, between the two. Uh, recently, certainly won a New Year's Day, I seem to recall, or was that City 2-1 win? Plenty of value in the game. Lots of in-play markets on Bet Rivers, of course. A week off for you lot um, uh, next week. I'm on duty, of course. I'm working European qualifiers. I'm I'm in collar, as you can see. Jack, <laughs> Nigel, <laughs> well, Nigel, what are you up to? I'll be, I'll be at Wembley watching England play Italy. I'm going to see the I'm going to meet the England squad. Well, they're going to meet me. They're uh, going to meet you, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to meet the England squad on Tuesday. Yeah. So I'm taking. How is Leah Williamson? Is she okay? She all right? Lovely, lovely lady. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm going to meet Harry Kane and all the boys and Drew Bellingham, obviously, and uh, I'm going to meet them on Tuesday and go to the England matches on Friday and when uh, the following Tuesday, Tuesday. is it? It's the Italy game, isn't it? On the um... Tuesday, yeah, and yeah. Um, and I'll go and England play Australia on Friday. Ah, oh, wonderful, Jack. What are you up to? I was just going to wonder, are we going to be seeing that on uh, on the Instagram account, Nigel? What's that? Your it, trip to... Uh, yeah. if, if mobile phones, if, if photography permitted, yes, you will. Okay, superb, <laughs> superb stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I'll probably take in a San Marino game or something like that, yeah. Shrewd. That's what we like to see. That's just the thing that Steve Wiss will be playing on. Don't worry about that. We'll have <laughs> previews for the European qualifiers. Uh, Nigel, uh, Jack, thanks for your company. Good luck with your... Bets, uh, that is uh, your lot for uh, week eight of Betting Weekly Premier League show. Stay across all of our selections uh, and content via at Because We Win. Bye for now.